Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com If you're a cannabis business owner looking to expand into new markets and need guidance and support you can trust, consider Collateral Base a group that has done it before in multiple merit-based and limited market states. Collateral Base was founded by an experienced cannabis attorney with highly educated consultants with master's degrees and years of experience in the cannabis industry. The Collateral Base team is confident they know cannabis licensing better than any of their peers. And I encourage you to see for yourself. It just takes one phone call. If you're ready to expand your cannabis business into new limited markets, contact Collateral Base today at 309-306-1095. That's 309-306-1095. Or visit collateralbase.com. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's high time. We had a high time. Together. Together. Yes, it's a high time. We had a high time. Together. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host in Cannabis Lifestyle Guide. My relationship with cannabis goes back 26 years. And I'm still learning new things and honing my experience. Recently, I had the thrill of connecting with the person whose work outlined my path to living a cannabis for wellness lifestyle. So if you're a fan of this podcast, you can thank today's guest for the inspiration. Michael Backus is best known for writing the book that became my cannabis Bible. In Cannabis Pharmacy, Michael details the medicinal effects of a wide variety of cannabis cultivars and the myriad uses of cannabis as a medicinal tool. Michael founded and ran the first evidence-based medical dispensary in the United States, providing his clientele with premium fresh products and custom effects. Most recently, as founder and chief product officer of Perfect, Michael developed Live Resin-Infused Flower as a solution to delivering you the same effects and a consistent cannabis experience again and again. At Perfect, they simplified the cannabis quote-unquote buying and trying experience by intentionally designing unique premium products that are named to clearly communicate what's inside. Sourced from a handful of California growers, including a winner of 13 Emerald Cups, Each perfect blend has been formulated from multiple cultivars of 100% cannabis flower and cannabis oil. The process is informed by over a decade of research on how terpenes and monoterpenes work together to create distinct effects. And the end result is a new type of infused flower product that has a consistently fresh-from-harvest taste and a full entourage effect. Michael explains to us their process and how it all works. I'm telling you, Michael offers a wealth of knowledge, and in this podcast, we discuss a number of important things that matter to you as a consumer. Michael explains why sun-grown flour is definitively superior to indoor flour, and he shares some brainy reasons why you might want to consume CBD with your THC. 
We also talk about the relationship between cannabinoids and terpenes and the side effects of CBD and THC. We discuss dosing, what makes your heart racy, what makes you cough, and whether or not you're hitting your cannabis too hard. And if you prefer to vape your flower, we discuss utilizing your vaporizer optimally to get all of the medicinal goodness out of your next session. And Michael gives us pro tips for short and long-term cannabis storage. So settle in for this macro dose of cannabis know-how. It's time to get casually baked. It's high time. We had a high time together. Together. Michael Backus, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Thank you. I have to admit, I have been a fan of yours for quite some time. I have your first edition, Cannabis Pharmacy, the Practical Guide to Medical Marijuana. And it really was the vehicle for me to understand how to use cannabis for my personal wellness, along with learning the history of cannabis and all these the different original um, land race strains and things like that. So, you know, I really think out of all of the cannabis books that I've read or I see out there, yours is the most encompassing of all the parts. So if anybody wants to like up their cannabis nerd game, this is the book for you. Oh, nice. Well, you know, you kind of inspired me to do a second edition and I'm working on the third edition now. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's what I designed it for. I designed the book really to answer the questions that often were a little bit hard to get answered out there. I owned a dispensary and, and I, I get hit with questions all the time. And frankly, I didn't know a lot of the answers until I started to research the book. And you come from a research background in, is it in the film or entertainment industry? Yeah, a little bit. Um, uh, I worked on on books with Michael Crichton, the guy who wrote Jurassic Park, for quite a while, um, and I also worked in the, the film business as a, as a writer and a, a visual effects supervisor on movies. So you know that that attention to detail is everything. You know, when I learned that little piece of trivia about you, I was like, yeah, I can tell that just by reading this book. Well, thank you. That's very kind. So... I, you know, I love that you are all about um, evidence-focused, science-based product development and, and research. And so I would love for you to impart some of your wisdom today on the things that matter to us as cannabis consumers, like the dosing piece and finding the right cultivar or strain to help us feel what we want to feel. and how to properly store it, and all of these things that you have spent so much time getting down into the weeds on so that you could create the perfect blend. Exactly. Um, I ended up at Perfect, my current company, company because um, uh, Dean Hollander, my partner, uh, along with uh, Mo Isern, um, we really wanted to make the cannabis purchasing experience repeatable. The worst thing that could happen to someone if, when they came into a dispensary that I ran was they'd fall in love with a particular cultivar or strain. And then the crop to crop variation would jump in and it wouldn't be the same the next time they got it and, and they'd be disappointed. And they they start to pine for it. You know, it's like, you remember that that blue dream you had from that one farm in Santa Barbara. And, um, and it's painful. You know, I, I've had the same thing. I mean, I, you know, I, I'd find a, an old haze strain. I like haze varieties. And, um, and I can never find it again because people stopped growing haze because it takes so long to flower it that it wasn't commercial. And it's gotten really bad today. It's gotten really bad because everybody's growing the same thing. And so I'm on the advisory board for the Emerald Cup, which is kind of the Oscars of, 
of weed. <laughs> yeah. And and the thing that's interesting about the Emerald Cup is is that sixty five percent of the entries last year fell into the same terpene profile. All right, but there are nine major terpene profiles. So it's like going to a restaurant and they only have ravioli with blue cheese sauce tonight. You better like it. <laughs> but, it but it has all these different names on it. You know, it has a, a ravioli with Azure cheese sauce. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, uh, and, and it's, it's just, it's gone ridiculous because with all the name games, consumers don't realize that they only have access to a very narrow range of high THC cultivars, and that's it. And um, I want to change that. I really do. Yeah. And I, I like the approach that you've taken, but, you know, while we're talking about that and the Emerald Cup and whatnot, you know, this age-old thing of indoor versus outdoor, and I've been following along with some Southern Humboldt farmers who are working with some scientists who are doing some really deep dives on the terpene profiles and doing experiments where they're growing the exact same thing indoor, outdoor, and doing these tests and just showing these ranges of terpenes in sun-grown flower that just aren't there in the indoor flower. So you yeah, and that, I, and we talked- true. I, I went through that with um, ACDC, which is a CBD cultivar. Um, and we weren't getting particularly high terpene or uh, cannabinoid levels when we grew it indoors. In fact, for the most part, ACDC only became ACDC when it got full sun. And, and there, it's easy to understand because, you know, a plant is a biochemical factory and it requires energy to operate. And if that energy is coming from artificial light, the intensity will be nowhere near that of the sun. And so if you want to have a really, you know, efficient factory that's producing as much as it can produce, in this case, the cannabis plant, the sun's the best way to do it. There's just absolutely no question. And the evidence will support that. I mean, I don't even have to wait for the results of the of the studies because I know what's what it's going to say. So, you know, how are, as far as the testing goes to, you know, cause we're only in California, the labs only test for these certain, would you say the nine major terpenes? What the would nine major terpene groups. Okay. So those are the predominant terpenes. Then there's like, you know, there's 50 or so that show up in, in very small amounts, sometimes not at all, but, but usually, usually they're like 20 that show up, you know, enough to move the needle on the instruments upon which these samples are being tested. But, but we don't really know all their pharmacology yet. You know, we, we're, we're just starting to learn. Like when I blended perfect blends, I, I'm really trying to blend the cultivars focusing on things in the plant, terpenes in the plant, and cannabinoids in the plant that I know move the needle. Mm -hmm. um, but these other compounds, these other, you know, terpenes and esters, aldehydes, alkanes, all these different compounds, they're found in smaller amounts. And some of them are probably quite potent. And therefore, even though they're in smaller amounts, they're affecting the medicinal or adult use outcome. Yeah, they and, all have uh, their own nuance that they're adding to the exactly, entourage exactly. effect. Right. Because I, I find that if you... If you try to sit, like, if you try to just recreate a profile from, let's say, the top four or five terpenes, it's not going to feel like the real thing. All right. It's, there's a lot of subtlety that goes on. So that's why I don't just take, you know, terpenes off the shelf and pour them in a bucket and stir it up and add some cannabinoids and try to make a product because you don't get the same range. Matter of fact, the, the the farther away you get from the plant, the more it becomes kind of one note as opposed to the orchestra. And mm -hmm. I, I'm really interested in these kind of orchestral entourage effects that come when you have a very, very complex mixture of um, cannabis compounds. 
You know, when I first started learning about this, I bought your book um, early 2015, and it was so helpful for me to read about each of these cultivars until I could find the ones that I'm like, oh, this looks like the one that's going to help me the most. And then, you know, I might try one of them and I get really heart racy or, or, you know, something would happen. So then it's like, okay, did I take too much of that? Or was there a terpene in there that, you know, I wasn't vibing with? And so by being curious and going in with enough information, I was able to kind of figure out which terpenes kind of like terpenaline. If I have too much of that, that's the one that makes me really racy and kind of feel so, like there's an elephant on my chest. Okay. So, you know, what's really interesting is I call terpenaline a window pane terpene. The truth is to, to everything I know, it doesn't do very much. What it does do is it lets the, the THC come right through the window. And what happens is it's the THC that's making your heart race. And you could test that by just trying a little pure THC. And it mm -hmm. would be indistinguishable from THC and terpenaline together. And that's, a, I mean, you're raising a very, very common issue. Now, what typically would make your heart race even more than pure THC is pure THC with some caryophyllin. I find I have pure THC in oh. a, a capsule format that I can like an inhalable. But, and so, right. so would for that an be inhalable, yeah, that'd be yeah, absolutely as an a inhalable. Good test. Yes. If you if you ate it, of course, it's going to turn into eleven hydroxy right. THC, which is a different drug. But um, yeah, and caryophylline, I think, is the one thing I found that pretty consistently um, adds a lot to the speedy effect of THC. And so if I'm like our product pick me up is designed for kind of focus and, and, um, energy and typically pick me up is, is pretty jumpy. Now at low doses, it's fine. Matter of fact, at low doses, I find it, it helps people kind of focus. And that's what, that's what we call it. Accounting weed around the office. So because uh, people, people will smoke it and they'll do the taxes. Yeah. Um, I was actually, I smoked one of these yesterday um, while I was editing a show and I took like one dose, you know, a few puffs, but then I smoked the rest of it and I did get a little jumpy. I was like, and so, and I did, I thought it was the terpenaline because I could right. really smell that turpentine smell on it. And then, so I just thought, well, I guess that's what it is, but now I but know. So that so that dry woody turpentine smell you're getting is from the uh, from the alpha and beta pinene. So alpha and beta pinene doesn't smell like pine trees, which is what I used to think. Oh, it must smell like pine trees. It smells like pine wood. It's that woody smell, like when you when you take a, a pine log and you toss it in the fireplace and you get that dry smell. That's that's that terpy thing. And with terpidoline together and a little lemonine, um, you're going to start to get like a Christmas tree aroma. All right. I love this. This is fun. And I wore my favorite terpene shirt today just for I this conversation. I, got I saw it. Pretty the cool. The big ones. <laughs> exactly. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the dosing, since there's like a scale, uh, you know, and there's microdosing all the way up. There's a benefit to this microdosing thing, but can you just kind of talk us through that piece and then maybe what you did with Perfect? Sure. Well, I mean, the, the reality is, is that one of our little mini, um, the dog walker style is, is actually a macro dose. I mean, if you, if you smoke that, it will move the needle in a big way. Um, what I consider to be a microdose is about 75 milligrams of, of cannabis or one of our blends. That's how I, that's how basically I design our blends to be dosed. And our, our blends come in a different couple different formats. One is just what looks like ground flour, what we call prepared flour. And it's infused with high terpene extracts uh, from cannabis and, um, and THCA crystal just to, to get the, 
um, THC level to, to the same range every time. So you don't get any surprises. It's not weak one time and super strong the next. But so when I'm dosing, I'm kind of always basing it on, okay, about 75 milligrams of flour, what will it do? And that's that's the equivalent of about three or four match heads. Yeah, I was fixing to say, I'm getting out the, um, the yeah. little so, box to show so people. The, so those contain a third of a gram. Okay. And so a third of a gram is going to be a little over 300, 300 milligrams. For size. Okay? Right. So about 300 milligrams. So in reality, it's about four of our smaller doses. And for most people, a dog walker is going to be about eight doses. Okay. And, and that's the way you should think about it. I can get about eight doses out of this. And so when you use one, you'll start to see how much you're going through and how you feel at different ranges. And what's great is because our batches don't vary batch to batch, you could hit that dose level again and get that same terpene effect and same cannabinoid effect every time. That's, that's what we're trying to do. And you actually were just awarded a patent on your process, correct? Yeah, the patent is on is on just how we put all these things together and how we stabilize them. There's really not very many guarantees in cannabis that you can have a consistent experience every time. People may say that, but it's not necessarily true. So what y'all have done here, the three that I know about are Nightcap, Pick Me Up, and Happy Camper. Uh-huh. And they and we are... Have, we, have a, we have a fourth on the launch pad, but can't really talk about it today, but we're going to announce it in a few weeks. Okay, so well, this is up. exciting. I They told me they would mail it to me, but it didn't arrive in time. So I'm not even in on the secret, but I look forward to it. Well, if they were going to mail it to you and you just haven't gotten it yet, it's um, it's a new one for intimacy and connection called Sex Pop. Oh, okay. What's interesting about it is the purpose of that is... The thing is, is that, you know, when we're intimate and we're trying to be connected, we really want to be pretty much in control. We don't want to be out of control. So the idea is to provide a high where you don't really get stoned. You don't get impaired. So you've got your faculties. You're high. You're happy. You're having a good time. But you're in control. And we just think that that's, that's the basis of having fun during intimacies is being yeah. in control and, and just being happy. So. I like this. Yeah. Well, and you can release your inhibitions, but you know, not feel like you're being sloppy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and that's it. I mean, I'm not trying to make something that's the equivalent of four martinis. I'm trying to make something that, that is, that has the euphoria and the relaxation and the sense of, of agency that you're in control. Yeah. So what terpenes are in that? Well, there's a couple of things that are new in it. Okay. So uh, some terpenes that you've seen before, but we also found um, um, kind of a minty strain that we like that has a little tiny bit of uh, menthol and eugenol in it. And um, those are good because they make it much smoother. Mm-hmm. And that's a great thing. And then on top of that, we add a little bit of CBD flour, a little bit of CBDV flour, um, and also their acids. And what you get with that is you get just a, it just smooths out the sensation so that you never feel like you've even approached taking too much. And what's great is, that increases the range of dose you can use dramatically because a lot of people are really scared of THC cannabis because it's often over 25% THC. And so there's no real safety net and, and it's easy to take too much. And in our formulation of this, we've taken that problem away. And really we've tested it quite a bit now with people who, you know, used to like have tried cannabis a couple of times and said, this is not for me. I don't like this drug. It doesn't work for me. I get anxious. I get self-conscious, yada, yada, yada. And um, with this product, um, you don't have that problem. And in fact, it it may actually get us to revisit some of our formulations for other products because 
when this showed up, it was like, well, why don't all our products do that? And so um, I think we may be going that direction in the future. You know, and the thing about the making it a smoother hit, um, you know, there are some cannabis cultivars that, you know, I can just like really start coughing. And I know that some of them are bronchiodilators. And so that coughing is part of it, which terpenes are those that make us cough like that? So, so, okay, that's a fantastic question. So what it is, is that we're hitting cannabis too hard when we smoke. And so the, the way to gauge it is to stand in front of a mirror and look at the cherry on the joint, okay? Or or look at the look at the the weed in the bowl, and pay attention to the color. If it starts to go really light yellow towards white, you're burning the cannabis at too high a temperature, and that temperature is controlled by how hard you're drawing. And so, what we say is sip don't rip. And the reason is, is that when you rip, that high temperature breaks terpenes into polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons that are intensely irritating to your lungs and your throat. And anytime somebody is getting a lot of harshness um, or delivering a, a dose of smoke to the cough center in the upper airway, um, you're going to cough. And, you know, there used to be this myth, oh, you got to cough to get off. Simply oh, not I used true. to hate hearing that because I've always been a sipper. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't take giant rips, but it feels right. like there are certain ones that I just cough more. Right. I'm mildly asthmatic um, because of these uh, an allergy that I have. And, um, and I got to be really careful because I can really cough. And so, so I, I've really learned to, like, take it light. And then when I saw this evidence, uh, from a study that was conducted by Robert Strongen at uh, Portland State, uh, where he he's trying to figure out like how this stuff works and and at different temperatures, like what happens when you combust cannabis. And what he found through his studies were that the the higher the temperature, the 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 more likely you were to break terpenes into these Lego blocks, these isoprene units, that then reform to to make these polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, which are just super, super irritating and often cancer-causing. And so you you really don't want to expose yourself to them. So you need to control how fast you hit a joint, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's a hot take on an old problem. I had one of my friends that worked at Firefly, um, the vaporizing company, uh, several years ago. And so he had given me basically a cooking scale, like, you know, where each of the terpenes and cannabinoids burn off and, and, you know, why, when we combust, we lose so much. And, and I use hemp wick, which I think helps, but, you know, rather than using a lighter, but stuff like the firefly vaporizer to really have the like best experience with your flower, those things are the way to go. Right. But they work differently. And so I love vaporizers and I have a fire firefly. Um, I've got a lot of vaporizers. Um, I've got a, a store of some Bickle Mighty and a, and a volcano. But vaporizing is smoking in extreme slow motion. And what happens is you get these really volatile terpenes coming off first. That has all the flavor. So when you use a vaporizer, you notice, oh, why? This is so floral, yada, yada, yada. And the second that stops, starts to dip, People think they've exhausted the vaporizing Mm -hmm. load, and that's completely wrong because cannabinoids have no taste. And in fact, you're going to get the terps first, and you're going to start to get heavier compounds like the cannabinoids later. And what happens is you have to really be patient and take a smaller load and take a lot more hits to get all of the cannabinoids off the vapor load. And the thing that's interesting about that is you'll hear people say, oh, yeah, I take my, after I vape it, I go and cook with it. Well, if you actually vaped it correctly, there wouldn't be anything in it to cook with. The cannabinoids would be in you rather than sitting in the waste. Mm -hmm. And so you just have to be more patient and take some time to do it. It works great. 
Yeah. And I think that was part of, that was one of my cons of it was that it took so long, you know, where I'm just like, I'm not getting that instant gratification high that I want. And so this takes longer. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like after the terpenes burn off and then you, you know, you're continuing, you have to kind of stir it a little bit. So it doesn't burn at the bottom, but it's kind of this, uh, almost burned popcorn smell or something after that. Right, but that but there's often, you know, there's often goodness to be found there. But there's also you got to be careful because you know that that burned popcorn smell, that burned cooking oil smell, that can be caused by acrolines and those are not good to inhale. So it's finding this balance when you're mm -hmm. vaping. Um I I think that that like really just watching how fast you're hitting when you smoke, if you can smoke um, mm -hmm. it's, it's probably the best way to do it because yeah. then you get the gratification and you're not necessarily exposing yourself to so many combustion products that aren't so good. And it's just easy. <laughs> it is, it is super easy. So one of the things I heard you say in a conversation with someone else in regards to like daily cannabis consumers, how it changes their receptor density, therefore changing whether or not, you know, they get less high than someone else or whatever. So can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. I, I mean, the thing is, is that, is that, um, you know, these cannabinoids and, and to a lesser degree, some of the terpenes um, mimic your body's own cannabinoids, the endocannabinoids. And one of the principal sites for your own cannabinoids in your brain um, is the CB1 receptor. And beginning, I think, at the National Institutes of Health, they started doing brain scans on people who were daily users of cannabis. And what they did was they, they took um, a very slightly radioactive molecule and they attached it to the THC and they um, injected it into these people. And, and then brain scanned them and they could see how dense those receptors were in the brain, how many of them they were and how densely packed they were in certain structures of the brain. And the thing they found was, is that the density went down the higher the daily consumption of cannabis was in those people. And what's interesting, it's called down regulation. And that downregulation could get pretty acute. And the, the joke I always say is, is that, you know, Snoop Dogg has to smoke so much weed because it only has one cannabinoid receptor left and <laughs> it takes all that weed to find it. And when it does, he's, he's good to go. But the thing is, is that the, the thing to know is, is that after three days of abstinence, those receptors will start to come back in quantity in many brain structures. Okay. In 28 days, and this was proven initially in this NIH study, um, you get it almost all back. You get like a like a complete 100% reset of your tolerance. We call it tolerance often, the tolerance to THC. But except in one structure in the brain called the hippocampus, and the hippocampus is linked to memory and learning. And, um, and it takes, in the 28-day study, it didn't come back. To normal and there was some concern whether or not that was permanent or not and the australian and australian university decided to prove that it was a permanent change but they found that after six months um it came back of abstinence it came back completely however they found something really interesting in the uh, australian study which was they were doing hair samples to for cannabinoids and they found that the people who had both CBD and THC in their hair, their hippocampuses were indistinguishable from people who'd never used cannabis at all. Yes. And, and what they basically thought was is that CBD effectively works like a seatbelt for THC. So THC definitely has some downsides to it. Um, in the impact on cognition and, and learning, mainly learning and, and memory. Um, 
But those seem to not be present in people who take CBD at the same time. Now, I have a funny anecdote about that because I used to go out with people who would constantly try to get me really, really high. And, and I wasn't having a good time at all. And so I decided to try this myself. So what I would do is I'd take 60 milligrams of THC before I went out with them. And I was Superman. I could smoke them under the table because it protected those parts of my brain that would exhibit anxiety and, you know, um, Wait, you took 60 milligrams of CBD or THC? Two hours. To uh, CBD, two hours. Okay, you had said THC, but okay, but that's what I I knew. That's what you meant. Okay, so sixty milligrams of CBD before you went out, so you would be bulletproof again. So that that's awesome. And I will say, it was in your book that I learned that CBD would you know counter those effects of THC as far as the psychoactivity. And so I had been sharing that little nugget with right. It maintains the psychoactivity, but but it doesn't. It doesn't present the downside of the psychoactivity, in my experience, and and I think I think now we're starting to see that. Um, there was a new study that's recently published that actually kind of showed that, demonstrated that very clearly. That that um, like a one to one CBD to THC um, smoke caused no anxiety, where THC alone did it almost every time. Even in, even in people who are relatively experienced, when they reached a certain dose threshold. Yeah. And see, and I always think that I, if I've taken, like I have these 50 milligram CBD um, tablets that I take in the mornings. And then if I were to smoke after that, I feel like I don't get as high either. So you're just. Well, it modulates the effect. So what it'll do is you won't get that instant thing that you normally get when when the CBD isn't present. but. It allows you to hang out for a lot longer. So because what will happen is you'll metabolize that THC most likely over a longer period of time. All right. Now I want to shift gears and talk a little bit about how we're storing our cannabis. Because, you know, we hear, and I say this all the time, store it in a cool, dark place, you know, out of the sunlight, that sort of a thing. But I don't ever go as so far as to say, put it in the refrigerator. And then you and I had a conversation a few weeks ago and you just kind of blew my mind open about how I've been storing it and what I should do. So can you talk a little bit about the best way to do it and why? Well, think of it this way. They're flowers. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so if you go to the if you go to the store to buy flowers, you go to the flower shop to buy flowers. Where are they keeping them? They're keeping them in a refrigerated cabinet. There's a reason it keeps them fresher, and even though these flowers are dried, it keeps them fresher. It keeps the aromatic compounds around. Okay, if you leave a rose out for a long time and just let it dry, okay, you'll notice that over time the geraniol, the terpene responsible for the principal aroma of roses will start to fade okay well some of these compounds in cannabis like myrcene at the top of your t-shirt there um they're super delicate and at regular room temperature you could lose half of the myrcene in a dried bud in 45 days i worked on an experiment with mark lewis on that and or mark lewis did the experiment and i benefited from it because i said oh that's really interesting i can tell other people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, um, but the way I look at this is keep it like you'd keep a vegetable. Keep it in the vegetable drawer of your refrigerator, tight, airtight, so the moisture in the vegetable drawer doesn't affect it. I wouldn't recommend a baggie. I'd recommend a glass jar with a decent lid. Um, I like those uh, uh, silicone gasketed containers like jam jars that have the little snap thing on it with a little mm-hmm. gasket and that keeps super airtight and um and i get a dark one because light isn't the best thing either so dark airtight and in the refrigerator drawer and it really will increase how long your cannabis lasts now you can if you have oxygen packs 
you can vacuum seal flour and stick it in the freezer and it'll last a lot longer. Um, there's some question whether or not you lose terpenes at freezing temperatures through a process called sublimation, where things go from a, from a liquid directly to a gas. I mean, uh, from a solid directly to a gas or, or from a liquid to a gas just by themselves, just at, at a certain temperature range. And, um, and I, I'm, I'm concerned that there, there was a study in Israel that, that said that they notice more terpene loss um, at super freezing temperatures, like minus 80, um, than they did at normal freezer temperatures, let's say zero degrees Fahrenheit. I find that at the rate I go through stuff, uh, which isn't that fast, I like to keep it in the vegetable drawer because then when I reach for it, it's fresh. Yeah. And the other thing about freeze drying it is that, or freeze drying it, vacuum sealing it, is that you then are kind of crushing the flowers, the, right. the trichomes, right. things like that, which then that is doing some sort of a release of, of the terpenes and No compounds. question. But what you can do that's really cool is you can, you don't have to vacuum seal it, but you can use a vacuum sealer to just seal a bag with a little air in it, like a like they do with potato chips. Mm -hmm. And before you do that sealing, throw an oxygen pack in, an oxygen absorber pack in, and that can keep stuff a really long time. I also learned that from Mark Lewis because Mark um, was getting ready to open up a um, dispensary in Washington D.C., and the city was slow to move. And so they'd given him permission to cultivate. He harvested, he tried it, he trimmed it, and then he had nowhere to take it. Mm. And he looked like he was going to be stuck with this harvest for months. And so he did that. He put it in silver mylar bags, he sealed them, he threw an oxygen pack in. And what was amazing is that when he opened them up, a month later, it was literally like it was just harvested. So it also showed the importance of controlling oxygen around these terpenes that really helps them stay stable. A few years ago, there was the kind of a, a rush on people doing the can where there's, they've like packed it with nitrogen or something. Right. And so and, and that, that just, that works. Yeah, that if works. you're going to consume yeah. all of it right then. Right. Because right. I That's felt it. like it's, um, you know, after like the second day, it was like brittle and just kind of fell apart. Right, right. Because that has a lot to do also with the with how, how wet it was when it was put in the can, yada, yada, yada. The other risk, too, is, is that if there are any anaerobic soil bacteria like Clostridium on that um, flower and you pack it with nitrogen, that can cause those very, very nasty bacteria. Uh, they're anaerobic that don't want oxygen around to proliferate. And those bacteria can produce toxins, botulism toxins, which you don't want to be exposed to. So you got to be a little careful about, about yeah. modified atmosphere packaging and cannabis. But I think it's going to be solved. I mean, I think they, they do it with a lot of things. They do it with a lot of herbs. So I think we can certainly do it with cannabis. But we just have to know a little bit more. So talk a little bit about your um, ultra-fresh technology. Well, the ultra fresh technology, it's basically just how we keep our blends fresh. So I'll tell you how we make our blends. We make our blends by, we choose the cultivars, the strains that we want to put together based on their terpene profiles. And you're using sun-grown flour, I assume. Yeah, sun-grown in greenhouse and um, uh, no indoor. It's just too expensive. And, and honestly, indoor looks great. But from a lab testing standpoint, it's often not nearly as great as any other, like sun-grown or, or greenhouse. So we choose the cultivars based on their turf profiles, and we harvest them, and we dry half the crop for each of the cultivars, and we fresh freeze the other half. With that fresh frozen half, we do a hydrocarbon extraction and purge the hydrocarbons. And what we're left with is we're left with a sauce. And in that sauce, we add a little bit, like just a little bit of, of THCA crystal, which encourages the crystallization of the rest of the THCA in that sauce. 
And when, when the crystals have formed, then we separate out the crystals and we end up with crystalline THCA and high terpene extract, HTE. Okay, so we've got those extracts. And then we chop the flour that we dried conventionally, the other half of the crop, and blend it together. And then we have a proprietary method for which we just got this patent to infuse those extracts into the dried chopped flour. And the reason we do that is, is that if you ever have an opportunity to visit a pre-roll factory, they smell really good. And the reason is all the terpenes, the monoterpenes are in the air. Because when they chop it, it's no longer in the plant. And so what we're trying to do is when we chop half the crop, we're losing almost all the monoterpenes. And we want to use the plant's own monoterpene profile and infuse it back into the plant. So we do an extract of the same plants and just put them back. And that's our ultra-fresh technology where we put it back and then we refrigerate it um, until we ship it off to the dispensary or in the case of california right now we have a direct-to-consumer website where you can just go and order it and have it delivered directly to you which is really great because we're controlling more of our we're controlling more of the supply chain and because of that we can make sure the supply chain is cold and the product is well taken care of i love this i'm very excited and i have to tell you you know this sitting here the terpenes just keep wafting at me because I didn't put it back in the little bag. Um, but yeah, they, it has one of those little um, oxygen packs that you mentioned uh-huh. in it. And then, yeah, this is like the size of a little book of matches, three joints in it. And yeah, like the terpenes are just begging for you to smoke them. <laughs> well, well, sip them, don't rip them and you'll really get them. I mean, that's the thing is, is that, the thing that's extraordinary, the reason that we focus so much on the terpene content of our products is, is that very, very few people have ever experienced dried, intact buds when they're sitting in the cure shed at the cultivation. That's when the, the flower is at peak ripeness as far as the drying process goes. And it's an amazing thing because the terps are just so intense and it modifies the effects of THC so dramatically. The thing is, is that you don't realize how complex the effects of cannabis can be unless you've experienced how high the terpene content can be in fresh flour. So it's not like we're not exceeding, you know, we lab test the crop. And that gives us the benchmark for the terpene levels. We're not going past that. We're not trying to to spike anything. We're Mm -hmm. not trying to overly concentrate the terps because the truth is, is that I find it it becomes more irritating to smoke them. You cough more. You got to find this right balance. And guess what? Nature has found the right level and we respect that. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. You know, that was one of the things when we had initially spoken about um, you talking about that first lab testing that was done and how CBD had almost been bred out of cannabis just because people were chasing, you know, the the high. But then when you were able to really look at it, you were able to start, you know, strategically bringing it back. Well, people people around the state of California and in Spain. started to find high THC plants. The thing was, is that normally, unless you're really experienced, when you smoke cannabis, you can't really tell there's CBD there. Okay, you don't really taste it. Um, You're feeling the THC, but it's just stretching out the THC effect. You don't don't, really feel the CBD that much. I mean, if you start to smoke high CBD flour exclusively, and there's almost no THC there, you're going to start to notice like what CBD feels like. High, high CBD flour definitely has psychoactivity to it. Um, and the what reason would I bring you describe, it up is... Yeah, describe yeah, that for someone. Your anxiety goes away. Your social anxiety really goes away. So it's a fantastic social lubricant. When we say psychoactivity, people just assume we're talking high. 
but it's not. It's the absence of the annoying thing. Yeah, anxiety or or being uncomfortable. CBD can just knock that out. And so what happened was for decades, when cultivators were choosing seed to grow next year, they'd pull the seed from the plant that had the highest THC content because without a lab around, that's that's all they had to judge by. And so what happened was is that THC content went like this and CBD content went like this and effectively disappeared from the gene pool. Now it's back big time. I mean, now you have all of these these breeders who are starting to pay attention to CBD content and it's it's really making a big difference. And you truly can have a customized experience with cannabis now. Oh, no question. And 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 yeah, I mean that that's the whole basis of perfect. The whole basis of perfect is I want to I want to pick a few outcomes being happy. I mean, the great thing about, you know, you don't really have to ask yourself, what's this going to do? You know, if you go in and buy wedding crashers, okay, what's that going to do? Uh, <laughs> help you crash a wedding? No. <laughs> but with our products, the name tells you what you're going to feel. And it's not really, we're not priming you. It's not placebo. We'll talk about placebo in a second. But it's not placebo. In that case, I'm just doing the boldest things that I know cannabis is capable of doing, okay, which is lift your mood, happy camper, help you focus and give you a little bit of a jump start, pick me up, and relax at night, nightcap. That's all you need to know. You don't really have to sit there and go, what's the terpene profile of this? <laughs> uh, because the thing is, is that, is that the reason you got to ask that it's when you don't know what it's going to do. But with our stuff, we're really explicit. Here's what it's going to do. It does this for almost everybody we give it to. And we're pretty confident it's going to do it for you too. Um, with SexPod, we're trying to do something a little different, which is we're going to try to take away the uncomfortableness, but keep you very, very, very much in control. And I think we've nailed it. So coming soon. Yeah, I'm excited to try it. Yeah, because you know what's really funny is now, like our beta test for SexPot, they just want to use it for everything. It's not just sex. It's like, life isn't just about sex. I, I want to use this for like work and going out and having meetings. And, you know, I'm high, but I'm not stoned. And that was a direct quote from one of our beta testers. That's fantastic. Yeah, everybody wants that. Now, okay, so you brought up the placebo effect. And, you know, one of the things as a cannabis lifestyle guide, I always talk about knowing your why before you choose something and then doing it in an intentional way. And so I found it interesting listening to you have another conversation about the dosage that's used in these clinical research studies being like 600 milligrams of CBD, but the jar that you have on your counter, there's not even 600 milligrams in the whole jar and you're going to take that over 30 days. So tell me what you've learned in your research about the placebo effect. Well, there's two things going on here. One is there's the placebo effect, which is if I tell you something is a performance enhancing drug and I give it to you, in fact, it's a sugar pill. If you're a competitive cyclist, you will likely record an incredible time. Right? And this has been shown over and over and over again, that the placebo text that accompanies a drug really has a big impact on the perceived drug effect. And so it's important. I mean, I think, I think you're right on uh, in the sense that you've set an intention in the sense that, you know, I'm taking this to be happy. Okay, and I've taken it in the past and I was happy. So I'm going to take it this time and I'm going to be happy. Well, that will push you a little bit along the path to being happy. There's also another thing with, with cannabis compounds that's important, and that's the biphasic effect, meaning that cannabis compounds have one effect at low dose and another effect at high dose. Perfect example is THC and anxiety. At very low dose, a couple milligrams, THC can relieve mild anxiety pretty well. I don't recommend it for 
people with severe anxiety disorders. But if you've got just general, you're anxious about something, you're worried about something, um, a couple milligrams of THC can reduce it. If I give you 25 milligrams of THC and you're not used to THC, you're going to have a panic attack. So you're going to get fully anxious. Well, there's the biphasic effect, two different effects at two different doses. Um, there is probably a biphasic effect associated with CBD as well. So these people who are taking 10 to 20 milligrams of, of CBD are seeing a slight reduction in anxiety. However, they're not seeing like anti-epileptic effects like you need for pediatric epilepsies. Those effects only happen at high dose ranges typically with most patients. That's one of the reasons you see a neurologist if you're taking CBD for seizure disorders because so what you really need some guidance. What is that um, kind of an average dosage for an epileptic for them to oh it's it's often it's often as high as 600 milligrams i mean i think there were people in the in the gw pharmaceuticals epidiolex trial that were taking up to 1800 milligrams of cbd a day and that's 1.8 grams of pure wow. cbd every day and that comes with other side effects i mean the one thing is like um thc has a tendency to slow down bowel transit, meaning constipating. CBD makes that trade run. And oh, so if you take, if you take a, a big dose of CBD, things might get a little loose. Might have to take the next call from the bathroom. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Don't 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 mind that. I've got a bear in the room. <laughs> <laughs> So the thing that I find interesting about CBD is that some people use it to go to sleep. I, I take it all day long. I have an epigenetic kind of roadmap and how I know how my endocannabinoid system works and I got all nerdy. And so I take CBD consistently five or six times throughout the day and it never makes me sleepy at all. Okay. So, so the way I look at CBD is it's a homeostatic regulator. Okay. So it's trying to level out the teeter-totter. There's our teeter-totter. Okay, so it's trying to level out the teeter-totter. And the thing is, is that I find most people are sleep-deprived. And if they take CBD, they're going to get sleepy straight up because their body's trying to balance them out. Okay, their body's trying to say, you need more sleep, pal. And you're so I'm going to make you sleepy right now. Um, but what's really interesting is if they listen to the drug, they listen to CBD and, and adjust their sleep pattern so they're getting more restful sleep. Typically, CBD, like I can't take CBD at night. It will keep me up, okay? And I mean, it'll keep me up, up, like a cup of coffee. And in fact, a lot of scientists who study CBD characterize CBD as wake-promoting. Not stimulating, but wake-promoting. And man, for me, CBD is wake promoting. If I take CBD, I'm not speedy. It's not like I took caffeine, but I am awake. And um, and so I use CBD a little bit like coffee. I I'll, I like coffee too. So I'll take coffee in the morning <coughs> and I'll take 10 milligrams of CBD and it's great. And it kind of reduces my social anxiety. A lot of people who are anxious use CBD in the morning because Anxiety tends to, you know, get worse during the day. So if you interfere with that clock in the morning, you're not as anxious in the afternoon. And you're not as tired. Yeah, I, I love that explanation. I hadn't heard that before. And that totally makes sense. You know, that if if your body needs sleep to get to homeostasis, then yeah, you you'll be lights out. Sleep is one of the most important things as far as my brain health. And so I get eight to nine hours a night. It's fantastic. That's probably I mean, not. No, 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 no. It's not. I mean, the latest studies and they're recent studies. The latest studies show that people who get eight to nine hours of sleep a night are healthier human beings, period, and may live longer. I mean, it's really a big deal. Sleep is how your brain cleans your house, your brain's house. and that regulates so many functions throughout the body that the the idea, you know, 
remember when your parents used to give you hell for sleeping in? The truth is it's really, really good for you. And and so, you know, we should just tell these parents to back off. That's right. Give them a nightcap. <laughs> exactly. A chill, a chill pill. Yeah. Well, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you'd like to share um, how people can find Perfect Blends? Yeah, you can find it if you, if you go to our website, perfect-blends.com. Um, it'll take you to our store if you're in California. And if you're not in California, well, we're going to be coming to many states soon. So stay tuned. And um, we, th we think we're on to something in the sense that, you know, we think you should get the effect you want every time. That it, it doesn't have to be an endless fishing expedition to catch the fish you want to eat. We think that you should be able to get the same product you want every time. And so that's what we're trying to do at Perfect. And so if you go check out our site, find out about us, and you can get in touch with me if you got a question for me, or you can find me on Instagram. I love to interact with people who are in you know different points along the journey with cannabis. The thing that's really fascinating about this new product, SexPot, is 75% of the people who try cannabis in the United States no longer use it. And a lot of them no longer use it because they had a dysphoric reaction to cannabis. They were sitting around with their, their buddy who smoked a lot of weed and they got the person uncomfortably high. And that person said, this is not for me. Well, I'm here to tell you that actually you were done a disservice. And if you try one of these products that we have, like SexPot that's coming up, um, that's buffered, it actually can allow you to feel what some people really enjoy about cannabis, which is the light euphoria without losing control without getting anxious or any of the things that have typically been the downside of cannabis at high dose and so um, yeah so we can bring some people back into the fold and give them something that can contribute to a better life that isn't really about impairment it's about enhancement amen yes cannabis has been enhancing my life for a long time and you are answering a lot of the complaints that people have about, I don't know what my dose is. I can't count on it to give me the same, you know, experience every time. So this yeah, is. If you, if you get a jar of our flour, it comes a little micro pipe that has holds 75 milligrams. So you can find your dose really fast because we give you the tool. You don't have to like guess. You don't have to like get the right size pipe. You got it in your hand. You I'm so glad you just brought yeah. that back up because earlier when you talked about that your flour comes pre-ground. Because that, that way it's easier to dose. Well, and so anytime you talk to any kind of a cannabis canisseur, they say you don't grind your flour until you're ready to smoke it. But because y'all have done your ultra fresh tech on right. it, then it's exactly. like... You are getting all of those terpenes without the hassle of having to have a grinder. And they're not in the air. You know, well, they're in the air right now because yours isn't back in the fridge. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, but yeah, what's great is when you get a jar of flour and you open it up, I mean, it's like, it's like being in the cure shed and, uh, and it's ready to go. And so, yeah, it's, there's no prep. You're just ready to go, which is great. Well, I dig it. Thank you so much for hanging out today. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. And, Thank you for Cannabis Pharmacy. You are the one that inspired me to do what I do. And I'll send you a copy of the new one. Yay. Thank you. Thank you very You're much, You're very Michael. welcome. Thanks, Joe. All right. And thank you all for hanging out. If you learned something today to up-level your relationship with cannabis, I hope you'll share this podcast with your smoke circle. Perhaps you're inspired to rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. That one small action helps other canna-curious folks find this highly responsible cannabis content. And head over to the show notes at casuallybaked.com to learn more about Perfect Blends, Michael Backus, and his book, Cannabis Pharmacy. While you're there, Check out the latest offers from Casually Baked partner brands like Aspen Green CBD, where you receive a 20% discount using promo code CB20. From beautiful and functional glass by Session Goods to quality seeds to the Canna DNA test, 
Shopping podcast affiliates is a win-win because you're saving money on the things you want while supporting the production of this show. As always, email your requests or can of curious questions through the website or DM me on social. I'm at Casually Baked on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and the WeedTube. Listen, one thing I know for sure is that showing up for your community is the smoke circle of life. So however you decide to support our highly responsible cannabis movement, thanks for doing your part in your own perfect way. To Puff Puff, pass it on. Yes, it's a high time. We had a high time together. Casually Baked the Podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Jamie Humiston at PodConnects. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Canachicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.